identify as a maker, not a crafter, but I feel like I have to tell people I'm a crafter for them to get it. Like I'm not special. Anybody who has the drive and the creativity to do something they love can do it. I think a lot of what I do is brand me. So I have to give the things that aren't me to yes. other people because it's, it's really the only way that I can continue being like a human Labrador of a person. The book deal and Kirstie's Handmade Christmas happened within a week of each other. It's like if you have a success, especially as a woman, especially as a woman of colour, people are like, oh, how do I take this away from you by sort of trying to make it seem like it's not a big achievement? I have to just look at things and be like, actually, is this not already the achievement? And I just need to like enjoy the achievement Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, joined this week by the fantastic, the brilliant Narissa Pratt. Hello. Oh, hi. Did you like that intro? It was great. The fantastic, the brilliant. I didn't know where I was going with that. I thought I should correct. just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the only intro that you Shall made. I go? Are we done now? Yeah, I think that's good. This will be the record for the shortest episode of all time. Intention complete. Narissa, I said this before we hit record. With most guests, I just introduce what they do mm -hmm. in that intro. I'll be like, oh, welcome to the podcast, Narissa Pratt, who is blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You do quite a few different things. So I'm not <laughs> classic actually- Classic overachiever vibes. <laughs> yeah, classic creative overachiever uh, workaholic vibes. Yeah. yeah. Things that we love to see. So I thought I'd just delegate the intro to you because- Because I haven't got enough on my to-do list. <laughs> exactly, and I thought, why not give my guests more things to do? So, Narissa, for those who are not familiar, can you give a bit of context? Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? So we were talking about this before. I've kind of got this like elevator pitch for myself now because I get asked so often. Yeah. And actually, before I go into this, sometimes I just pick the thing I think the person's going to be interested in and I don't tell them anything yes. else. <laughs> That's something when Lucy Hitchcock came on, we were talking yeah. about having two businesses. For those that don't know, Lucy runs, similar to me actually, both product and service. And she was like, depending on which room I'm in, yeah. I'm a different thing. Yeah. Sometimes Sometimes I choose the product base. Sometimes I'm a podcast host. Sometimes I'm a speaker. I'm like, I love it. That makes it. me feel better that I'm not the only one. I'm like living a lie. <laughs> no, I think it's strategic. Yeah. Because you've got to know, like, who am I in this also, room? if they don't care, like, why am I wasting my time telling them? Like, yeah. yeah. Or if they won't get it. Yeah. Like, if it's a taxi driver or a distant family member... Yeah. I work in marketing. <laughs> that, that's what I do. <laughs> nothing else. Nothing more complex or interesting than that. Yeah. Well, my, it is slightly more interesting, and I won't lie to you because I feel like <laughs> yes. Let's let's have the yeah. real elevator pitch. Um, so hi, I'm Narissa. Basically, work within the creative spaces, and when I say creative, I mean sort of crafty maker. So I run a multitude of businesses. Untitled Project is my biggest and first baby. So it's a PR, marketing, and social media agency for creative, crafty, and independent brands. So as a maker. I basically got sick of hearing my friends who are also makers complaining that they didn't know how to do their marketing or PR well, yeah. um, or because they didn't have a trust fund, they didn't, they couldn't fund it. Um, so I set up Untitled Project almost three years ago, and that's my sort of day to day. But on the side of that, I do freelance projects for brands like Hobbycraft, Faf, the sewing machine brand, and that that's kind of using my marketing brain to get those partnerships, which I know we're gonna chat about in a bit. Absolutely. And then last but not least, um, through doing those crafty bits uh, during lockdown, I started sharing that I'd been doing sort of mindful needlepoint to uh, get myself through. <laughs> um, Coping. And that then we again, doing. classic overachiever vibes from there. I was on Kirstie's Handmade Christmas, signed a book deal and started a business from it. Of course, um, the, the logical progression yeah, from you know, a hobby. That stuff. I would say if I'm not crafting, I'm talking about crafting. That's, that's that's my vibe. I love that. <laughs> if you were to have a, a given middle name, it would be 
Narissa <laughs> Crafty Pratt. I feel like I want to be Narissa the maker Pratt. It sounds more like like Ooh. a mafia. <laughs> I love that. Like, what does she make? Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I will make your face into my fist. <laughs> Joking. Very aggressive. So creativity is mm-hmm. obviously a huge part of what you do. 100%. Do you identify as a creative? Yeah, and I always say I identify as a maker, not a crafter, but I feel like I have to tell people I'm a crafter for them to get it. Interesting. Why the clarification? I'm glad you asked, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the reason I count myself as a maker is because I make things that are beautiful, trend-inspired. And that's not to say that if you're a crafter that you don't, but I don't know why. In my mind, and I've, I've talked about this with a few other people, crafty sounds a bit like, oh, she's crafty. Isn't that sweet? Whereas if Mm. you're a maker, I think it sounds like really distinguished and like, so that's, that's, Mm. it's, it's purely a mental thing for me. I think it just makes it sound more like it's my job. Like I'm a maker. Um, Crafter kind of sounds a bit like a hobby Mm. and it it very much is not at this point. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's why. Big hobby. (laughs) Yeah. If it were a hobby. You've taken it pretty far. Safe to say. I think that's something interesting to pick up on because I feel like there's so many misconceptions when it comes to being a creative, being a maker, being a crafter, that it is just a hobby. You know, it's almost seen as like, oh, that's that little thing they and do on so the side. so much I get that, yeah, yeah. And you know, you can't turn it into a business. You can't create something that you can then pay yourself a salary from. How do you combat that kind of misconception when people go, oh, I love making, I love doing, but oh, you know, obviously it can never be a business. Yeah, I think like that's my whole sort of vibe that I put out in the world really is that like, I think I'm talented. Like I love the things I make, but I'm not special. Like, and that that sounds like I'm trying to get a compliment from you. I'm not, go with me on this. Like I'm not special. Anybody who has the drive and the creativity to do something they love can do it. It's just whether or not you're willing to sort of do it really. And like you said, I know we were joking before, but yeah, like I do work my ass off. I work all hours of the day. Some of my hobbies are not hobbies anymore uh, because they're my job, but I'm so passionate about doing it and like putting it out there into the world that I was like, well, this this is 100% like what it's going to be there's no alternative for me so I think it's it's about determination and drive I think which I know loads of small business owners have and that's why we that's why we do it because it's not always for money <laughs> no and it's not for the work-life balance no. well, let me tell you that absolutely I love that you've said that because I think it can be really easy once you've built an established business which I'd say both of us have in in all the different things that we do it's easy to turn around and be like oh it's all about balance yeah and simplicity and calm and it's like that is important from day one absolutely because if it's not sustainable you can't do it but I would say at the start especially when you're thinking about turning a passion a hobby something that you love doing into a business like you said it takes graft and hard work absolutely and I'm I'm still Untitled Project is a bit different because it's what I did before PR and marketing I did a fashion degree like fashion marketing and PR Um, And then I went straight into industry when I graduated. So I've always done PR and marketing. So for me, I I went freelance five years ago this year. Congratulations. Um, Thank you, thank you. For me, that was just taking something I was already doing and then just giving it a jazzy name and some branding. Mm. Whereas for the Bargello edit, that was using my PR and marketing brain to go, oh, some people are interested in a product that I have and there's a niche for it. Shall I turn this into a business? So I approached both of them very differently, but I would be lying to anybody if I was like and both of them are really easy to run because they're not like they're so different they take so much from me as a person but they both take such different things as well Mm -hmm. so I think it would be tough enough if I were running one but when I'm running technically three and they 
all demand. Like, how do people have children, honestly? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. I was thinking that when you were introducing your businesses as babies. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm tired, so that's my, like, biggest baby. That's a toddler yeah. now. You know, this one's still <laughs> not crawling yet. Um, that is how businesses yeah. feel, don't they? And I was actually with a client this morning who has a baby and a business. Mm, they have a real no. baby and a fake baby. Well done um, to them. Yes. Genuinely, so much of what we were talking about was just how different the landscape is when mm. you've got kids. And obviously that's a conversation that you and I can only comment on from an external Yeah, I mean, I struggle having a cat. So honestly, right? like... <laughs> like, I can barely feed myself. This week, I've had beans on toast three times. Yeah. And it's only Thursday. I've had beans on toast today. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, stunning. Soulmates. <laughs> Do you have cheese on it? I can't. I'm lactose intolerant. <gasps> Fun <No>. police. <laughs> Red shirt man is lactose intolerant. Oh. Oh, not okay. that I don't know why I felt the need to share. Well, it's nice. It's always nice to have like a brother in arms. <laughs> Just letting you know you've got community out there. Thank God. And he lives near me, right? Yeah, he yeah. Does so we can just meet up for like dairy-free meals and just talk about Stunning. you behind your back. <laughs> Stunning. And actually, M, the editor of this podcast, she's lactose intolerant. Do you know what? I need to arrange a yeah, meetup. Yeah. All the lactose. I love that you've inserted yourself into this. We don't need you. <laughs> I'm the leader of the community. Yeah. Thank you very much. Do you know what I love though? This is such a tangent about lactose intolerance. And I don't know if you're going to identify with this. You can't have dairy, but you mm. always seem to try and have dairy. No, I don't. You're actually yeah, a good lactose. I'm lacto actually a good lactose free person. Thank you. Thank Claps you. Claps for yeah. you. Because everyone no, it's else all, I meet. It's so bad. Like this is too much information for a podcast, so I'm not going to go into it too much. Um, but it's so bad. Like it, I don't think I could do my day job if I had dairy. So. Your full time job would be sitting at home. Yeah. Yeah sitting with an extra letter in it <laughs> <laughs> and we are uh, six minutes yeah, into the podcast smashed it. congratulations now Stunning i really am gonna leave <laughs> we did joke before we hit record that you weren't gonna say anything that would get you cancelled and i've done it so efficiently you are and that's impressive. the thing about me is i am efficient <laughs> <laughs> she gets the job done people when you give her a vision she'll bring it to reality i'm just tired i'm like if i get cancelled at least i don't have to go to work <laughs> yeah fair enough do you ever think... I'm joking, please no one cancel me. <laughs> I'm yeah, very nice. <laughs> it's like, ha 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 ha, not funny though. Yeah. Please no thank you. Yeah. Um, so reining it back to being a multi-hyphenate, because mm. like you were saying, God knows how people with kids do it. Yeah, amazing. Congratulations to you. You're Big incredible. time. Yeah. So even for me this year, fully stepping into my day-to-day -day with two businesses mm -hmm. in tow, like it has been so hard. There's been points where I've had to just completely let one of them sit still yeah. And it's had to be the newer one that sat still because yeah, yeah. it that's doesn't the one need that as much yeah, from me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you're the same, but that's the one that makes me the least money. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have to be like, I need to have money coming in. So unfortunately, like, I don't have the privilege right now of being like, oh, I can work across two things. So I have to just put this one down and yeah. focus on the money. Yeah. How yeah. do you find that? Like, what helps you to... I juggle mean, the two I'm really lucky. or three <laughs> I'm really lucky because with Untitled Project I have two amazing people that work for me so Holly is our like full-time PR queen so she sort of does the day-to-day -day with clients and like basically just keeps me keeps me alive she's my I always say she's my mumager like she's so good oh my gosh amazing um, she's, she's your Christian. she's an incredible human being who is not ever looking for another job so anyone listening to this don't even bother <laughs> sending her a message <laughs> Um, and then uh, this year we recruited Joy, who literally, Joy by name, Joy by nature. Um, she's our sort of part-time marketing assistant. So she, it was a big thing for me. Like, you know this, I was the social media, but 
not just for my business, for three businesses. I've got to keep brand Narissa going, which is where I do all my craft stuff. And then I've got to keep the Bargello edit running and then Untitled Project. So if you, if you think doing social media is hard doing it once, try doing it across three different accounts, across different platforms and newsletters, mm. all of that stuff. And for me, the big thing was like letting someone else do it. But I'm very proud of myself because I did. And actually the way I dealt with it was just by saying like, if you're gonna do the social media, don't even tell me, I, I just need you to do it. And I trust you, otherwise I wouldn't have hired you. And now I'm like, I'm scrolling and I'm like, oh, we've said this, that's very interesting. <laughs> because, what interesting content. Because I'm such a control freak that if I would find something wrong with the post and that's not because there's anything wrong with her work, it's because I just feel like, it's so funny how like self-important we like we make ourselves more, far more important than we are so i'm like well i just need to look at this i don't i don't you know the business hasn't gone under in the six months that joy's been posting on instagram yeah so i would say for untitled project outsourcing is a big thing for the barge i edit only recently just financially been able to start outsourcing but that because it's worked so well for me in the past it's where i'm at i think a lot of what i do is brand me so I have to give the things that aren't me to other people because it's, it's really the only way that I can continue being like a human Labrador of a person because that's that's what works for me so yeah that's yeah. a very long answer to your question but. no it's a great <laughs> answer and I I relate to being a control freak mm. so I think everybody much. who starts their own business must be because you you don't set it up to just let it go I know there's like those rare people that are like I want to set up a company, have it be successful and get it bought in three years. But I don't think in our community, that's that's the vibe. Not really. Yeah. I think especially when a lot of people start businesses because they didn't like being employed. Yeah. And often what you don't like about being employed is someone else controlling you. Yeah. So it's like we all have this real value of autonomy, yeah. which is a great word, by the way. If you, if you ever want to say you're a control freak, but in a positive way, say that you value autonomy. The thing that I'm worried about is that people are going to start saying that to me now. <laughs> So I just really noticed that you value your autonomy. Um, Too much. Yeah. That's so what my therapist gave to me. I was like, thank you. Because I remember being like, I'm That's such really a control good, freak. And yeah. she was like, don't be so negative. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes it's a positive, sometimes not so much. And I definitely feel what you're saying there of being at that point where you've got to be really strict of if it doesn't need me, I need to hand it on. But that handing it on, it's like giving someone else your baby. And it is, it honestly is a process. Like, and there are good days of it and bad days of it. I always say like, I'm, I'm always like my, my most said phrases like I'm so sorry I'm a human bottleneck like because sometimes I can let it go and then I think I'm like this person who can just delegate and then sometimes I, I just don't and there's no real reason for it and then I'm like mm. and then I'll kick myself later because I'll be like why why did you not just give this over three weeks ago and then it could have been done already like so it's a process it just takes time I can't undo 32 years of being a control freak or having autonomy yes <laughs> um overnight yeah so i can't and, and i'm saying this now on a podcast like oh you can't beat yourself up over it i regularly do but you know my brain knows my reasonable brain knows that i mm. shouldn't and i think there's something valid in that desire for autonomy isn't there because mm. to an extent if we let things go the businesses will fail yeah like our businesses need us to be driving them and managing them and looking at things i guess it's just learning quite how tight we should be holding yeah. the reins and i think we always want perfection yeah. when a lot of the time all we need is good enough yeah and I think that is that's a big thing isn't it for me is having a team that are amazing I then find myself comparing myself to them but what I forget is that they're doing an amazing job of their jobs because that's their only job mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so I'm employing them to do a good job at my business 
And although I'm okay, so I'm not keeping up on emails, but on my on my phone alone, I have nine email accounts. So that's why I'm not keeping up with them because I've got different emails to different businesses, and I'm not just doing that one set of things that they're doing. I'm doing other business stuff as well, like, you know, going to meetings, things like that. So it, it's that thing of like I've hired people in my business that I think are exceptional, and then I'm when I'm in a place where I'm like very stressed, I'm then comparing myself to them. Yeah. Which as I'm saying it to you, I'm like, how stupid is that? Yeah. But it's just where we're where where we are, isn't it? Like I think everybody does it, and then tries to find an excuse to blame themselves for it. Oh, honestly, yeah. everything's my fault unless we're so it's going right. To ourselves, yeah. And then it's the universe or something out of my control. Yeah. It's like, if I get a win, it's not me, but if I get a, a failure, that was yeah. all me. Yeah, I will absolutely. take credit for the losses. Yeah, get me a badge. I'm signing up for the club. That was 100% me. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people will be nodding their heads at that. Yeah. So I'm interested, you're a creative, mm -hmm. you're a maker. I am. You are someone who has got to be very creative yeah. to run all of your businesses, right? You're coming up with creative ideas for brands. You're thinking about marketing. You're making your own stuff. I feel like a high workload and high stress and creativity don't necessarily come hand in hand. Yeah. How do you maintain that sense of creativity and I guess give yourself the headspace to be creative when things are so full on I think for me the the big turning point in this because I I've I've crafted since I was like a tiny tiny person my mum's an artist and was like let's let's do some crafting instead of just watching tv so it's something I've always done in fact you met my mum didn't you I Shared did an meet Uber. your mum <laughs> oh my gosh I've totally blanked out then I was like your mum sounds great and I'm like yeah. I have met yeah. the legendary mother yeah I was gonna say mother Pratt but is she a different last name <laughs> no, she's the same oh, okay. I kept my own name when I got married Hashtag yeah. feminism. Hashtag can't be bothered to fit in the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of work. Yeah. Can't be asked. And Matt just doesn't care. So I'm like, well, why am I going to all this effort? So yeah. Fair enough. And Ch if you've built I a brand. I changed it on Facebook. What else do you, what, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's good enough. Then yeah. you've got two names to go under. You yeah. can make, you know, multiple email addresses. Yeah. Get loads of free trials. Yeah. My name's already complicated enough without having to spell out like a double barrel surname. So yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, sidebar. Your mum. <laughs> we do have the same name. For me, like I've always crafted. It's something I don't know how to not do when I have spare time. Mm. And then as I got older, I wanted. To, I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer. And then I went and did a foundation. And someone was like, you know, that you might not make any money. And I was like, fashion marketing. That's what I've always wanted to do. Perfect. <laughs> Just what I was thinking. And then throughout my course, I was creative because the course was like, Although we did marketing and PR, it was really focused on just, you know, being in creative industries. So I, I maintained that. Then me and Matt bought a house and we had a spare room and he was like, well, we're going to put a spare bed in it. But if you want to put like a sewing machine in there, then then go for it. And then I sort of, as an adult with a space, repicked that back up again. So dressmaking is a big part of what I do. But it's weird, like people always say to me like how do you have time to do all of this but it's the one thing my habits are so bad like try and get me to go to the gym regularly or like run or whatever it is and I won't do it but it does not matter I think because sewing for me or making for me is like therapy there's just always time for something and I think because my life is super creative I just have to make sure that I have pockets of it because it's the only time for me when I've got my hands either side of a piece of fabric on the sewing machine that I'm not scrolling or checking emails and I find I can really, really zone out. I think some people read a book to like relax. 
I will sew. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like looking at instructions, cutting out fabric. I know as long as I follow those things at the end of it, I'm going to have something beautiful. And I think for me, like, that's really therapeutic. Yeah. So you do you not feel you don't have to actively make the time to kind of rest and recharge? This is this is where it gets interesting, because I wouldn't say that it's really difficult nowadays, isn't it? Because with social media, are you really ever doing anything just to to do it because obviously I make all these things but I still record them while I'm going and like post them on TikTok and things like that but I enjoy doing it because I really enjoy creating video content so for me I'm like well it's not a bad thing but it is technically still work and you know from posting things on TikTok I've had like brand partnerships and things like that so technically it is still work but in my head I've decided like it's okay because I enjoy doing it yeah it's that thing isn't it so I, I don't know like I wouldn't say that it's like a way to recuperate it's just something I enjoy doing it's a hobby which is quite nice but actually on the flip side of that I'm really bad at taking time for myself yeah and just relaxing like I can't just I don't understand people can just sit and watch tv or like yeah I'm the same the only times you'll catch me watching stuff is I'm doing something else yeah yeah so it's on my lap like I could happily not have a TV. In fact, when I lived by myself, I didn't have a TV because I just watched everything on my laptop because the only time I watch stuff is like, I'm putting clothes away, brushing my teeth, I'm cooking. Like for me, I'm a real active rester. I need to be doing something to rest. But I think there's something really interesting in what you were saying there, which is what it's like to basically love your business and have your hobbies within your business creates this really complicated situation because you know, when people talk about work-life balance, Mm -hmm. I'm like, but I don't, always love that because it's the assumption there is that work is not enjoyable Mm. and then life is all the things that are enjoyable and I'm like actually there's so much of my work that I love similar to you that when even I'm not working I find myself still actively don't enjoy it yeah Yeah. or I'm still you know wanting to create or show up online even though I'm meant to be resting it's It's like where it's interesting because one of the reasons I started doing Bargello which is my other business is to find something more mindful to do during lockdown because for me I sew to make outfits to wear out and we weren't going anywhere and I didn't want to like keep making tracksuit balls you know what I mean (laughs) so um I started doing needlepoint like everything I shared it on social media and then my my PR brain was like oh my god everyone loves this like could I do something with it and it snowballed I started doing that to have a mindful thing to do and now I only do it when I'm making samples and I was teaching workshops the other day. I do like a lot of the money from that business comes from me teaching. And someone said to me, oh, I bet you do this all the time. And I was like, well, the last time I did it was when someone asked me that at another workshop like four months ago. Because I, I don't do it because I'm too busy taking pictures of it or like shooting content. Or if I am doing it, I've got three versions of it and they're step shots. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't make anything for myself. It's all for the business. So there's two kind of, Uh, sides of the coin there there's that where I'm like I will only do this now because I need to do it for business and it's creative and I enjoy it while I'm doing it but it is work and I try to do it in the office rather than like on the sofa and then there's sewing which I enjoy creating content for but ultimately like it's it's I guess 50 50 on whether it will turn into a piece of work or not it's sort of brand building yeah so yeah it's it's really interesting yeah and I do I'd love to run like a social experiment on myself where I'm like not allowed I think you'd need to actually take a phone off of me oh yeah for me to just be not allowed to be in any kind of work mode because even like my month off that I take I still found myself as away for a week by myself I was making viral TikToks every day because that's something that I genuinely enjoy but then it's like I'm enjoying it I want to do it but actually now am I not fully engaging in rest because there's something about this that's work and productivity and it's like 
what would it feel like to just not be doing any of that's that? That's honestly my worst nightmare. Really? Like just sitting and doing nothing. I feel like if like if someone said to you, like, you know, like they're like, oh, it's like torture. I feel like if someone was like, go in that room and just sit in that chair for an hour and you're not allowed to do anything. I would be so like restless. Like I'd yeah. really struggle. I really struggle with silence. Yeah, same. And I find a lot of business owners feel the same yeah. way. Like I will always have something on. Mm. Even if I'm going for a wee or brushing Pod- my teeth. Podcast, scrolling through TikTok. Like yeah. we've got a, a mirror that's got a ledge on it and I just balance my phone on it and while I'm brushing, it's I just bad, scroll- isn't it? it's, it's so bad. I just even falling asleep. In I the shower, to I have to have a podcast on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't live with my own thoughts. It's like when people say, like, oh, why aren't you going on holiday? And I'm like, because I'll still be there. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have a holiday from my brain, yeah. that would be lovely. But that speaking of that, like obviously having conversations about who's gonna be around over Christmas and stuff, like with clients at the moment and and the girls were saying, Oh, I'm gonna take a week off before, I'm gonna do a couple of days before. And it doesn't even and this it, it sounds like you're a martyr sometimes, doesn't it? Because I was like, Well, I'll just be here, like I'll just cover it. Mm. And I, I I don't mean it to sound like I'm like, Don't worry guys, I'll cover it. I'm such yeah. a good person. I just didn't think like, oh, I'm gonna have some time off. Like I'll have Christmas day off, but then it's back to normal life. But like, I, unless I'm literally getting on a plane and leaving my house where my yeah. stuff isn't, I, I just don't know how to switch off anymore. And again, like I know it makes it sound like, I'm, so, I'm just so dedicated <laughs> to my business. I don't know how. It's not, it's not, it's not healthy. I know it's not, mm. um, but yeah, I really, really struggle with it. It's, it's really difficult for me to just switch off. Do you think you're addicted to being busy? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's quite interesting. Um, and I thought this is a whole other podcast, but um, just recently, I feel like thanks to TikTok, like there's like 90% of people have suddenly been diagnosed with ADHD and loads of people have like suddenly, now everyone's educated on it, have been like, oh, do you, have you ever thought about getting to... So uh, subtle. Yeah, it's highly likely that that is, you know, I'm a 90s kid and I'm an overachiever and very chaotic in terms of like having lots of things on the go. I love a, a pile of things that I think makes, you know, there's like loads of things that it's like tick, tick, tick. And it's interesting as well that you say that is because when it's quiet, I just don't do anything. So like mm. when there's not loads of work happening, I, I just won't do anything. Mm. It has to be chaotically busy for me to be like, deadline let's go yeah it's yeah so it's like i am addicted to to being busy yeah i sometimes wonder you know when people talk about that point you can get to in business where it's like you've put the work in just step back and enjoy it like work a four-hour work day like i'll step back i'll be behind the door like (laughs) looking like is it yeah okay i just don't think at this point in life my brain would be capable of that because it's like i will make Similar to you, but probably just slightly in different ways. Like I will make the business, I'll make the chaos because there's something about that that I really love. Yeah. It's quite addicting. And I think like as difficult as it is to run a small business. So, you know, you might be like, oh, this was really hard. Every time you get one of those wins, it just spurs you on so much. I would say like running a small business is like getting a tattoo. Like when you have to dive into something big, like a tattoo, you're like, oh my God, it's gonna be really painful. I'm a bit nervous. Mm. Um, But then afterwards it starts to heal. You love it and you're like, oh my God, this is great. You get good reactions from it. And then a year later, you're like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get another one. It, it is very that. Like you forget so quickly, like like doing big things in your business, like what that feels mm. like. The only exception being when you get a tattoo of an ex-boyfriend's name and then you can't get it lasered off because oh, no. it's impossible to remove. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so don't get a tattoo like that, kids. Co- cover up? <laughs> well, this is already a cover up. Oh, wow. Yeah, it says create and his name was 
half of that. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, as someone who has a cover up, it's horrible, isn't it? And I have a very, very big cover up. Do as you? Well. Yeah. What was it before? Can I ask? Yeah, Kushkan. It wasn't a name. Uh, it basically. <laughs> Sorry, that was totally. Doing that stupid. It was not as bad as yours. It's actually worse. It is worse. So basically, my dad's covered in tattoos, and when I turned eighteen, he was like, "I can't tell you and your sister like not to get tattoos because I'd be a hypocrite." He was like, "But if you're gonna go, just let me come with you." And so I was like, "Yeah, of course." Like, I love my dad. He's amazing. And we had like dad daughter tattoos on my 18th birthday. Um, so I drew it myself because obviously creative. It's very of a time. And then Jordan got the same tattoo. No. <laughs> Wait, Jordan is in Katie Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I told you my references would be so yeah, outdated, didn't they? Up to 2022. Um, so yeah. So basically uh, I had it done. Not only did I have it done, I went out for my 18th birthday that night, had too many flaming Lamborghini shots and tripped up some stairs and scraped half of it off. <gasps> yeah. Um, it gets worse. Um, and then <laughs> when it healed, it basically just had loads of lines through it and Katie Price had it. So about five years later on, I got it covered up. It was honestly the worst. And I had my whole, again, it was a drawing of mine. It was this tiny one on the side of my foot. Now my whole top of my foot is done. And I was going to be like a classic emo girl and get both of them done. And I was like, just one, just one's great. Now yeah. that's my style. Um, that's the thing with cover-ups. I always think it when I watch those shows like Tattoo Fixer, the tattoo is like the size of a 50p coin. And then the cover-ups like, an A3 piece yeah, of paper. This, this like, was honestly this two fifty p's together, and now it's the whole top of my foot and up my ankle. It's so dramatic. Um, but yeah, my my basically the the pressure of it because it's just obviously just on bone um, was so bad that my foot swelled up to like three times the size, and I had to buy like a size ten shoe and just have like a special shoe oh. uh, for like three days while it went down. So yeah. Wow. Don't don't make mistakes with your tattoos, kids, because okay. otherwise this is your life. So, yeah. Some some really good lessons people are learning. Yeah, I know. From this podcast. We're learning. <laughs> so something I want to ask you about is getting opportunities, collaborations, and partnerships because mm -hmm. I think that's something you've done brilliantly you. in all of your businesses. Just to name a few, you have written a book. I did, yeah, I did that. You have done a recent big partnership with Hobbycraft. Oh yeah, those like guys. Yeah. The Hobbycraft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've been in loads of publications and also you were on Kirsty's Handmade or Homemade? Handmade. Handmade. Sorry, Kirsty, for getting that wrong. <laughs> Kirsty's Handmade Christmas. She's a big fan, so I, I she does listen, so yeah, I would be she worried. is our um, we don't want to get that could be how we get cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Kirsty. <laughs> Shout out to you. Um Amazing things, first of all. Thank you, thank you. And things that I think every business owner probably has their own version of that yeah, list, right? absolutely. Of those external opportunities that I think are not only super exciting, but they're also real validations of your success and what yeah. you've done. How are you getting things like that? I'd say the thing I've learned a lot this year is how valuable brand me is. And I don't think I realized that until these things started happening. Because all the things you've talked about have actually happened like within the last two years. And they were all down to me just being me. I've, ne I've never not been myself, if you, if you see what I mean, but I think I've sort of put it out there a bit more. Um, and I've not been afraid to ask or, you know, put myself forward for stuff. So the the book deal and Kirstie's Handmade Christmas happened within a week of each other. Wow. Um, so basically, like I said, during lockdown, I started doing Needlepoint again, shared it on Instagram because, you know, look, we were like, I'm going to post on Instagram every day and I'm going to really build up my Instagram like while I'm locked down. And it lasted like four days that I'd run out of content. And I was like, I'll take a picture of this and share <laughs> it. And that just so happened to be Bargello. And thank God I ran out of stuff. Yeah. And everyone went crazy, like didn't know what it was because they'd never seen it before. And then my marketing brain was like, hello. <laughs> this feels scarily yeah. like a new business. Well, because I hadn't 
I'd lost all my freelance work. Untitled Project had only recently just launched. Because um, I was like, well, if I've lost all my freelance work, I might as well make a go of this. So this was maybe like four months later. And I was like, still building Untitled Project. N loads of capacity, because we're still building it. And I was like, why don't I just do Zoom workshops? Because I've always taught craft workshops and like things like that. So I was like, I could just do that instead. So I started teaching them. On the Monday, I got an email from, Cur a DM from Kirstie's Handmade Christmas saying, we'd love you to put your stuff forward for the stocking competition so I was like okay cool so I had a call with them and then on the Friday I got an email from my now editor with and the subject was Bargello book question mark um, and it turns out that they'd been doing it they'd wanted to write one for a long time but they hadn't found the right person to front it so it's in a series called The Modern Maker with the amazing Tabara from La Basketry yes. um, so our books are like book buddies oh, I love <laughs> um, that. but it needed to be someone incredible like Tabara who was a modern maker it's that it's that word again who you know has a really aspirational business and hasn't has given the craft new life this Bargello is like from the 70s and there's a lot of people that are doing it and that's great but I don't think anybody does it like I do it and again that's because of my unique look on things and my personality and I do stupid things like I love a pun so like for Halloween I did a series called Bougello and it, I had like loads of viral videos from it because I was just having fun with it. And I think that's what I've allowed myself to do this year is just to be myself. And those things are paying off. That is for me is like being authentic, being passionate about what you do. And for me, like I'm, I have such a niche, like everybody has a niche. They just maybe haven't figured out what it is yet. Having this ridiculous personality is my niche. And actually things like TikTok, thank God that exists because just talking to the camera about things I'm gonna make. I have one video that has almost a million views and it was just me doing something that I thought everybody else does <laughs> like and then I realized like oh my content is not relatable because I am ridiculous in the way I think about things but I can tell people that that's how I so yeah I think like again like it's just being really self-aware being really personable and just being really passionate about what I what I do and, t and putting myself out there I love that and what I love there is that those opportunities came to you yeah yeah because I think it can feel so uh, maybe intimidating is not the word but it's not clear, is it, how things no, like that come no, about. No. You see other people getting these opportunities and you're like, did they pitch for that? Is there some magical application process that I've missed? And it, it, and it is often a blend of the two, yeah. right? But the, the times where they come to you, yeah. I just think that's incredible. And it's quite interesting. Like I get this a lot where people, I'll have my book with me or I'll be selling it or whatever. And I always get asked the same two questions. Oh, did you self-publish it? Which I think is really patronizing. Also, and there's nothing wrong with self-publishing. Yeah, that's what's weird. But, but why are you asking me it like I couldn't have got a book deal? And then the other thing people say to me as well is, oh, so how did you reach out to them? Again, like I couldn't have a talent that they like. And again, it's fine to pitch a book, but I don't understand why there's this like for someone who hasn't written a book to come to me about writing a book and then almost be a bit of a snob about it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. like, oh so, yeah. so when was your book published? Yeah. Just remind just, me again. Just, and what countries is it published in? Yeah. Shall I tell you what countries mine are published in? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, I feel like it's like if you have a success, especially as a woman, especially as a woman of color, people are like, oh, how do I take this away from you by sort of trying to make it seem like it's not a big achievement? But you're really right. Like, I'm very proud that those things came to me because it means I'm putting the right energy out there into the universe. I'm putting the right things out there. And it's just for me, it's the universe saying, keep going, hun. <laughs> keep yeah. doing that. You're doing the, doing right, the thing. right thing. So, yeah. I feel like those kind of opportunities, they're the things that you dream of, don't mm. you? You maybe even don't have the capacity to dream of them because they yeah. feel like they're never going to happen to you. But they're the things that 
at least from my experience, they don't fill up my cup in the sense that if all I did was those kind of things, I think it would feel quite empty because yeah. as we'll talk about in a sec, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes yeah. behind stuff like that. For me, what it is more than anything is like that little marker of success mm. that's like, well done. Yeah. You are getting somewhere. People are noticing it because online business can feel so intangible, can't yeah. it? Where it's like, what am I doing? And it's so disconnected. Yeah, yeah is anyone okay, even seeing this? I get this? the order, I pack the order, I send the order. Like if that's, if that's happening in various waves or whatever, it can be really difficult to know if, like you said, like it's not tangible. You know, I sell craft kits, but I'd say only sort of, 10 to 15% of people that get them tag me or say like, I loved this. I don't know, the others might hate it, you know? It's like, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so much more that happens behind the scenes. And speaking of that, we only met properly a good few weeks ago, yeah. didn't we? Although I feel like I've known of you for oh, years. Thank you, I my terrible reputation precedes me. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie and Rachel, they're great, yeah. great PR mem members, managers. Yeah, PR managers. they're my they're my head. They're my public publicity team. I love that. Yeah, I've hired them. Okay. I'm not paying them. But no, I've they're not them. getting any money. <laughs> but they're doing a great if job. If you're listening to this, I'm not paying you. Because it's actually really rude if they've not listened to this. Because yeah. I would argue we it's are like an two Easter of their favorite people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So yeah, if they've not listened this far. Yeah, rude. But one of my favorite <laughs> things when we did meet properly the other week is I think I can say this because this episode isn't coming out for a while. That day, I had signed my book deal. Mm. And I remember I said oh, yeah. to the group, like, <laughs> guys, so exciting. I've signed my book deal today. And you're like, um, I've written a book. And I was like, oh my gosh, tell me more. And I'll, I probably won't quote you word for word, but I'm pretty sure you basically said, yeah, it was really awful to write. <laughs> and I don't think I'd do it again. Yeah, so, but I didn't know you'd signed your book deal that day. So firstly, I'd like to publicly apologize for being a like, Debbie Downer at a party. Nice to meet you, Narissa. Thank you for your congratulations. <laughs> who, was, who was this miserable bitch? <laughs> I'm joking though. I just love the honesty. So I mean, tell yeah. me more about that because I think things like writing a book and I am on the other side of that, mm. right? I'm at the, if you think about it, like climbing a mountain, I'm at the very bottom of that mountain where it just looks quite cool. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna climb this great well, mountain. You've got your bragging rights, haven't you? You're like, Literally. I've got the thing, let me talk about the thing. Yeah. Then you have to do the thing. What yeah. was it like for you in reality? I mean, mine's very different. Like it's a very skewed view at it because it was happening during like a, a global pandemic. Mm. So that's that's something that was an extra stress. Um, the other thing is, and I'm sure you're witnessing this now, is unless you know someone who's written a book, you have to figure everything out yourself. Like there's no guide to writing a book, especially when your book is about something super niche. Like all I, I basically spent like 300 quid on vintage like needlepoint books because those were the only references that are out there. And what I was really careful not to do just because of comparison culture was to buy any of the modern ones. Because what I wanted to have was almost like deniability that if anything was even slightly similar, I could be like, well I don't own them I've never seen that before do you know what I mean like so yeah. silly but I needed that no, I in my that. brain to not have it I bought them afterwards and luckily there's nothing the same <laughs> um but I just needed like plausible deniability that I hadn't just been like right let me just copy this one because because that's that's not cool and also weirdly might have been influenced and I didn't want to be so I just bought vintage ones so that's the first thing though is that I was doing something super niche in a pandemic so I couldn't just like go to the library or like whatever it was to do research the other thing is I'm so so lucky and I've even dedicated I've written a message to her in the book that Tabara was so kind and giving with her time and her knowledge because she had been through it just the year before and she was so supportive literally from the from the day I signed the book deal she sent me a card from mean mail like a, it was it was so sweet and she was so proud of me and 
every time I finished a project, she wanted me to send her a picture. Like she she never gave her advice and then was like, okay, like you've had enough now. It was it was always so supportive. And I caught up with her recently and she was like, I just wanted you to know, like I don't always like everything you've done or whatever, but I'm so proud of you. And like, it's so lovely to have someone like that in your corner. So I would say like that, that was really, really useful. But the rest was a fucking <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> like, <laughs> I couldn't get supplies because everything was like getting stuck. Cause it was like Brexit time. So everything was getting stuck on boats. My book has 17 projects in it, but I made 30 because you make something and then you're like, oh, this is shit. Like this is not yeah. going in, especially when it's a visual thing and you're a perfectionist, like my God. So I had to make every single sample. Some of them I had to make three or four times for the step shots. Cause we had two days, uh, four days to shoot it. And if the sample, I couldn't like, they couldn't wait for me to stitch, then do another step. Mm -hmm. So some, so some of the stuff I've got like three or four versions of it. It's just chaotic. And I think a lot of that for me was not knowing what I was doing because I am very much someone that's like, if, the, if people are like, oh, we're just gonna like go with the flow. I'm like, okay, and what time does the going with the flow start <laughs> with? And what should I wear to going with the flow? Um, What's the what's the vibe for going with the flow? <laughs> like that's- I need some structure I'm that flight. person, yeah. I can't go with the flow. You guys have at it, but I will meet you at the flow. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, so yeah, so I think for me, like I found that whole thing very stressful, the not knowing. You know, in hindsight, I think if I were to do it again, I'd be fine because I know what I'm doing. Yeah, it, it's it's a really stressful, and, and I'm saying this as someone who's written a craft book, which is a very specific thing. I have no doubt that yours would be very different to this because you're not making things to photograph or having to do like styled photo shoots and stuff like that. Hopefully it's a bit very, less complicated. Yeah, I would hope so. It's just taking, you know, the amazing knowledge you have in your brain and then putting it down on paper, which you're so capable of doing. But yeah, for me, it was, it was a bit different. But I get asked a lot like, oh, when's your next one coming out? And I'm like, <laughs> never. <laughs> Is it a bit like that tattoo analogy where yeah. do you think you need a bit of time yeah. and then you're going to be like, it's, it's, you know it's, it nice? was only it was Write only a, a year old last month so it's like wow. it's not but I feel like I've had it forever because obviously the, I had I only had it uh, like less than a year to write it as well. So I feel like that this year is the first year where I've not been writing a book, filming a TV show. Like it's the first year I've just like lived in the business. And then obviously this year has been a shit show. So then it's not like the first real year to me because I'm like, well, this is not like real is it at the moment I'm hoping that things are gonna like change or whatever you, you just never know do you so I feel yeah for me right now I, I don't know if I would do I don't know if I'd do a second book justice anyway um but also like it's a nice thing to have done I always wanted to do something like it but it, I it was never like an exact dream to do it it was it was an incredible opportunity that I'm so grateful for like every single person that was involved with it was amazing and I loved I love it now but I didn't love it when it first came out it's taken time to like be able to look at it and be proud of it that's really interesting and you know what? I just really value you sharing the good and the bad yeah. because I mean, that's the online world summed up is we just see, even if we see people's challenges, they're very curated and they're very, they're still made to seem quite yeah. shiny, right? But just the reality of business is so refreshing. Cause like you said, yeah. the challenges are part of the reason that we probably quite enjoy it, right? It's not mm. the challenges are that bad, but when you know the challenges, it just is so much yeah. easier. And that's where I think other people well, yeah, openly sharing. Plan B, C, D in place. If you don't know how many plans you need, how do you 
Yeah. Yeah. And you also don't think you're a bad business owner for struggling yeah. with that thing. Like I really valued um, Lucy Werner, who's written two yeah. books. She came on this podcast actually the week I got offered my deal. So it was perfect timing. I was just quizzing her about everything book related. Like there's no reason why I have an invested interest in this. Um, and that was just so valuable to me to like hear someone else's experience because you then realize when you're going through it oh okay this is normal I've got some really amazing friends that run small businesses that are local to where I live um, in Hampshire and if anyone wants to join the club you're welcome to for me we were having a conversation about this the other day we went for dinner and they were saying like how do you do it all and like oh you're doing loads of stuff and I, I've, I said to them like it makes me feel really disappointed sometimes that that's the vibe it gives off because I am doing well, but what I'm not posting about is when I'm like, can't get out of bed or like, I'm like cuddling my cat a little bit too hard. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that it's not, not every day. I don't know, there's, there was like a day, there was a few days last week where I was like, I don't even have time to put makeup on my face or like, br like I washed my hair on Sunday and I was like, oh, it's been a while <laughs> since I did this. <laughs> like, I think, but then also I don't want to be an oversharer on social media and that I don't want people to feel sorry for me, but I just want to be honest. So like last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did a market and I made no money at the market. In fact, I ate so much that I was minus money. <laughs> <Profits> <laughs> I eat my feelings, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, well, I can pretend it was fine and I can do a little post. I took a cute picture, but I was like, but that's not genuine. So I'm, my, my New Year's resolution sorry to date your podcast, but <laughs> my new year's resolution or my vibe for the whole of 2023 is to be, try to be more authentic. And it might not be loads. It might just be, you know, being a bit more honest in a caption or being like, do you know what guys, I fucked this up. I thought this was a great idea. And actually I'm not going to launch it because no one cares. Like I, I just, I, I feel like I owe it to anyone who looks up to me or is interested in my business or aspires to be like me. That's amazing. And I do think I do great things, but there is a bad side to everything. And this not always a huge bad side but there is always a negative and I just need people to see that negative so that's why the book thing is really important to me because I know that writing a book especially a craft book is a lot of people's like dream and it is amazing and it is incredible and like I said now I've had time to not be writing a book yeah I love it, it it's a really big achievement but if I'd have known all of the stuff I know now I might have done things differently oh, I can't wait to see that intention for next year no, no pressure. This, this year, year when people are listening. Yeah. Um, Throughout unfold. 2023. Throughout 2023. Which I, I we think are now in. <laughs> future brains, future brains. Because I just think that's a brilliant intention. It's mm. something that's always been really important to me on showing up online. It's like, does this really represent what I'm feeling and thinking? And you're right, it's the balance of I don't want people to feel sorry for mm. me. I don't want it to be a pity party. I don't want clients or students to feel like they're a burden. Like there is a, a carefulness yeah. to be trodden there yeah you i know, know what you mean. i mean You'll i'm sure carefully. everybody understands sure <laughs> be careful is what i'm trying to say be safe um, <laughs> but i i just know even when when i consume content like that it is so appreciated yeah and actually because it makes you feel normal again it's that same thing it makes yeah. you go like oh i'm not the only one that's not selling and actually the post so many people were like i sold like three pounds worth of stuff at a market and i was like okay bragger <laughs> i told you i sold nothing <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. i'm on negative money yeah. so a bit of a show off there but yeah it just makes you feel so much better i, I just it? feel I, I just feel like anyone with any influence and you know that could be like that 
you have an, a certain niche that follows you or it could be that you have a big following or it could be that people look up to you for whatever reason but I think we owe it to each other as small business owners to not sort of show stuff that isn't real so you know, I would say about I think it's amazing if you have loads of orders you should tell people that's incredible but I think that there's a culture of people sharing that they've had loads of orders when actually the rea reality is that they maybe haven't and to be okay with the fact that they haven't because that makes me really sad that they feel like they're not doing well in their business if they're not doing what what is perceived to be good as yeah. another business owner I don't have loads of orders for the Bargello edit like I think I was saying like during the summer there was one month where I had no orders on my website but I did go and teach workshops in person and met people and now those people have ordered for Christmas so I'm not I haven't done a post on that and maybe that's my bad but I think it's okay to be like oh I don't have the big box of order you know the standard reel that everybody has and like I said like no shame to anybody who does that and you should do that because you should celebrate your successes but what you shouldn't do if you're not in that position is feel obligated to do it does that yeah. make sense makes absolute yeah. sense and I think the difficulty there is we're just looking at a snapshot aren't yeah. we like I think of on papers recent launches and they've gone amazingly mm. like sold out tons of products over 100 orders in a day like just incredible thank you very much congratulations but that's just one yeah. week if you zoom out you'll see the fact that the shop was shut for sev seven months because I couldn't handle yeah. running a product-based yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. But th and that's it. And that's the really important part. And it, and, um, and sometimes it, a win is just a win. Sometimes you just had a hundred orders and they went out yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're fucking incredible. That's win. great. Well done you. But let's be honest, like 90% of the time, like what, like you, ha you have a fulfillment, don't you? Yes. Did I see you had a problem with it recently as well? Oh my God, don't even get me started. We won't talk about <laughs> it, but do you know what I mean? Like Many issues. more often than not, that's the norm. And it's okay for that to be the norm. Like that's what's really, really important to me is to just always in my own, I guess, brand of honesty is just be, like, I, I do this thing for Untitled Project called Indie Biz Hotline, where small businesses can book a call for an hour and we can just talk about anything. But I'm always very honest about it. And the, the message I always get afterwards is firstly thank you for telling me that everybody because everybody that comes on says the same thing they're like i don't have time to post on social media everyone who's a competitor is doing better than me it's always the same things and i'm like every single person that's in a competitor has had a call with me and they say the same thing about you so yeah so for me it's like i think it's just not perpetuating this like dream small business ideal all of the time it's okay to be real sometimes yeah i love that thanks I'm babes so here for it <laughs> and actually that's given me an idea of the last question i'd like to ask you okay because I was doing my research prior to this recording. I'm terrified. And I heard you. This is where I get cancelled. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I heard you on another podcast talking about your intention for 2022. So was you this just the shared. business proposal? <laughs> it may have been. May have been our good friends, Ellie and Rachel, who I hope is still listening to this. If you are still listening to this, text me the word. Peanuts. Yes. Just thinking about M&M's. I'm nice. hungry. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> so you obviously just shared with us that 2023 intention is to share more authentically. Mm -hmm. Love that. Your intention for 2022, which I love, was no new 2022. <laughs> and the which reason- Rachel so regularly tells me. <laughs> as I, I love that. Her, we just got a partnership with Hobbycraft. She's like, no new 2022. <laughs> but you know what? I just thought that was a brilliant intention because I- feel like there's this constant pressure in business to do more and bigger and better and it's like mm -hmm. grow 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 like grow year on year blah 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 you know five thousand percent increase in whatever 
And I definitely have had a time in my business over the last few years of just like, it's so much stuff and new and the pressure is all coming from me. Like no one's telling me to do all of this, but I'm just doing and innovating so much. How has that intention of no new looked like for you? Because I appreciate it doesn't actually mean nothing new, right? But what did that look like? When I I said no new 2022, I meant I wasn't actively going to go and look for anything. Amazing. So... I'm pretty confident, unless anyone wants to like DM me and be like, oh, what about this? Excuse me. I'm pretty confident every big opportunity we've had, like the Hobbycraft partnership, all of that, that all came to me. And I think for me, I think, and again, I haven't listened to the podcast for a bit. I think what I said was like, I just wanted to let my successes sort of flourish. Like let, let the things that I've been putting out there in the world turn into opportunities. And they have. I actually said this to Holly the other day. I'm in a very reflective period at the time, like I'm sure all small business owners are. And um, I said to Holly the other day, my goal for next year is to maintain. I don't care if I make more money next year. If I, if I, if I make less, that's fine. What I want to do is really just continue this positive trajectory, which feels manageable and not have it all be about money. Because I think it can be really tempting to be like, next year my goal is to make 200K. But what does that look like actually? Because the amount of work that I have to put in to make 200K, am I just gonna be a wreck of a human being with a lovely healthy bank account? Or actually next year, can I just be like, we've we've really hit, we've done really well this year. If we maintain that or go near it, that would be great. But actually if I work on myself, will the next year be the year that actually, because I'm not working on sort of, let me get this, let me get that, let me get that. And also I've got to make this much money. Will they just come to me anyway? That's kind of how I feel. Um, so yeah, that's that's in a nutshell how I feel like that went and is gonna, I think that needs to continue definitely Mm, I'm so here for that message because you're right you get to a point where you're like this is what I wanted to do I can't do anymore like I wanted to pay my bills yeah I wanted to have a great impact I wanted to enjoy my work why don't we now just sit with what we built and I feel like I say this and then people are like oh well don't say that but I'm never going to be a millionaire and I'm okay with that because I'm not willing to put the work in (laughs) to be a millionaire yeah do you know what like for me, I just want to be able to pay my bills. Me and my husband have just bought a house, which, knock on wood, I will have moved into by the time this comes out. That house is like, I love it. And I'm so excited about it. And if I never move into another bigger house in another area, I'll be happy with that. Like, I've achieved that. And let me just literally live in it and just enjoy that feeling of achievement. Like, I've owned my own house since I was 21. Like, that's huge. And actually, I forget that I've moved from a flat where the windows were all broken and there was no radiators to a semi-detached house in Hampshire. Like, and I'm going to build my own office. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have to just look at things and be like, actually, is this not already the achievement? And I just need to, like, enjoy the achievement Mm. that that in itself feels like where I want to be now. You know, the, the book is a year old. I don't need to write another book. What I now need to do is take that book and rinse it for what it's worth teaching more workshops sell it tell it telling more people about it that that's what i want to do is like take Mm. the things that i've built and just see where they go i think that's amazing very inspiring i am aren't i (laughs) (laughs) genuinely though i know so many people will have resonated with what you've shared there and feel almost that sense of like relief of just like oh yeah that gets to be an intention and that's a really valid intention within itself because what do we do it for if we're not enjoying it well, that, and that's the that's the big thing for me is like there's been some times over the last year and especially the year before where I haven't enjoyed it. Mm. And I always say to myself, like, you chose to do this. Like if you go to a nine to five and you don't enjoy it, you can blame your boss or but when you're the one that's putting the pressure on yourself and yeah. stressing yourself out. 
you have to sort of step back for a second and be like, well, wait a minute, like <laughs> I'm doing this. Uh -huh. like, I set this deadline. So wait, I'm saying I'm not happy, but who, who am I blaming? Yeah. It has to be myself. Or when I'm like, oh, healthy, I'm really hating it? this project. And I'm like, who made that contract? Yeah. And asked someone to say, oh yeah, that was me. Yeah. I, I literally chose everything. Yeah. So it's all my fault. <laughs> Which is crazy. So yeah, that's, that's for me is like thriving, surviving, and just like being next yeah. year gonna get into therapy i'm really excited about it and just like explore this like version of myself that i'm really enjoying stunning i think that's the best note to end on i know i'm so inspirational you thank really you. are thank you narissa you know <laughs> has anyone ever told you that no thank you <laughs> <laughs> this is when we're gonna see in 2023 yeah hi guys big news <laughs> yeah you'll be like she kept talking about books and then no absolutely not okay <laughs> You, I'll tell you what, you can come back on the podcast when, if you've written another book. <laughs> okay. And then you'll need to tell us what's changed. Okay. It'll just be me crying, <laughs> holding a signed copy of my book. <laughs> I am now, um, I feel very, very prepared yeah. for my book writing. Good. And like genuinely, I'm here if you have any questions. Thank I know you. it's not like, I'll be like, why don't you stitch this? You'll be like, I'm writing a business book. Like, like, uh, any marketing yeah. tips? Yeah. Well, quite. that's a you problem. I'm just going to send you pictures of me crying. Yeah, that's fine. As I write it. And I'll just be like, LOL. LOL, I've already done mine. <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, like any, any time. And, and, and on, uh, as well, like, <laughs> I might regret this, but anyone who's listening that's like, I've been wanting to do this. Like I, I, I would love to repay the kindness that Tabara did to me to anyone else. So please ask, like, I, I don't know loads, but you know, there's just not enough information out there. So um, if anyone ever wants to ask, you can uh, slide into my DMs. <laughs> just like Kirsty's Handmade Christmas did. Yeah. Yeah. Always look down to DM slide. That's a very <laughs> generous offer. Thank you. Yeah. I will leave all of your links in the show notes. Thank you. For people to find you, DM you. Instant regret. No, celebrate <laughs> you. Watch your great reels. All of the good times. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. Yes. Congratulations on the listening. Congratulations <laughs> on listening to us. We've been on many tangents today. We've yeah. talked about lactose intolerance. <laughs> We've talked about, I can't remember what the other Peanuts. Were. Peanuts. What was the other thing we talked about that I thought was a bit random? Tattoos. Yeah, that was yep. it. Getting tattoos of your ex's name. We've been around the houses. We have. So I but hope we've done it together. And that's the important yeah. thing. It's been a journey. <laughs> and we're one big happy family. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe. And I'll catch you next Tuesday. Goodbye. So that's it for another episode of Starting the Conversation. I really hope you enjoyed listening in. As the title of this podcast suggests, these episodes are only the start of the conversation. So I'd love for you to continue that conversation by sharing your thoughts. Have you got an experience or perspective that you'd like to share related to what we discussed today? I'd love for you to come and find me over on Instagram or LinkedIn. You can just search my name, Alice Benham, and let me know what you thought. And hey, if you enjoyed listening into this episode, why not share it on your socials or with a business friend. It means so much, not only because I love to see who's tuning in, I like to know where you're listening and what you're up to, but also just because it's one of the best ways for this podcast to reach new business owners and help even more people. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast because I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday with another episode. So until then, keep showing up, keep taking the messy action. I'm cheering you on. You have got this. Thank you.